0: hello as we start another Driving You Crazy podcast. I'm Denver 7 traffic anchor Jason Luber.
1: I am pedestrian advocate Joseph Peters and Jason, when you're walking, Miller time can be any time. When you're driving, (laughs) not so much. That
0: is true. We had a, um, this morning, had a crash with a driver who was suspected of DUI And he ran a red light and hit an RTD bus, one of our buses with three people on board, including the driver. And, yeah, it was before 6 a.m., and somebody hit the bus while they were – so I heard also from the scene, from somebody who was on the scene, alcohol and marijuana.
1: Fantastic. Must have been a good night. Well, it's it's bad in Denver because the bars close up shop at two o'clock. So it's not like they were just leaving or or like finishing off a hard night of partying. Like they had to go somewhere else, continue drinking and then get on the road. And that's always a bad idea. In Vegas, I mean, in Vegas, you could see a DUI crash at 9 in the morning because all the bars are open 24-7 pretty much. But out here, different story. But what if they,
0: let's say, left the bar even at 1 or 2, were just sleeping in the car for a little while, woke up trying to make their way home, and still
1: was that plowed? Entirely possible. I'm I'm not saying, you know, I was a heavy drinker in college, but I will say there were nights that I stopped drinking at 1 a.m. and was still drunk at 1 a.m. the following day
0: it's really astounding some of the crashes and some of the stories you hear in the traffic world it really is well happy labor day and the best uh, way to celebrate is by working i'll be working labor day i will be as well Uh, besides this podcast is fun it's really not work honestly I, i can we barely call this work I Seriously. don't get paid for it. So. Boy, I don't get paid for it either. So. <laughs> but we, we shouldn't tell the well. Maybe we should tell the news director that. Maybe she would slip us a couple extra bucks. Probably not. But anyway, well, I don't know. Maybe I should edit all this out in post production. Okay. Uh, so I love dumb criminal stories, and I love dumb criminal stories even more when there's a traffic angle associated with it. Today, I have a story for you of a man in Lincoln, Nebraska, who was given four years of probation after he tried to rob a bank. From the drive through teller, 58-year-old James Fitzsimmons pleaded no contest to a bomb threat, terroristic threats, and attempted theft, as authorities say the guy passed a note to the drive through teller at a U.S. bank branch saying there was a gunman inside the bank and bombs as well that could be remotely detonated. He left without getting any money. No bomb, no gunman, nothing was found in the building. Brilliant, just brilliant, these people, you know on the surface, though, on the surface, this actually seems like a good idea because he could try to rob the bank from his car, and then he would be ready already in the car for the there was no walking
1: in, walking out, and then getting in the car and driving away. I mean he was already ready to go. look as somebody who spent a lot of time thinking about how they would rob a bank, I will tell you that doing it through the drive through lane is a very bad idea because there's so many security cars at the, or security cameras at the bank that they have a picture of your plates like it's not going to be hard to find you and at how that much point.
0: money can they fit
1: in that in that little tube. The mini in, hyperloop? In, that, in, that
0: thing, <laughs> in the mini hyperloop, exactly! How much cash can they get in there, and then don't you think it would be weighted down too much to get up into the hyperloop and then down to your car? It's true. And those things are always difficult to get. So whenever I got to the bank and you and you open that thing because it slides, you know, the tube slides, and then you try to get your bank deposit slip in there,
1: it just oh, you never can get quite get it out right. I don't understand why they didn't make the bank deposit slip smaller in that case, so that it would fit in the tube appropriately instead of having to like fold the top down or fold the bottom up, it, it's ridiculous. But look, the best getaway vehicle for a bank robbery is a bicycle to a car that's four blocks away. No cameras. Have you thought about this? Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> 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 okay. Next time I hear of a a uh, bike wielding robbery at a bank we've had a bicycle bandit or two here in denver and realistically most of the press releases we get the getaway vehicle is a bicycle or a skateboard or something <laughs> and then you park four blocks away
0: mm-hmm. well this seems like a common sense advice joseph but the folks over at the tsa would really like to remind you not to bring your loaded gun to the airport a lot of people have been trying to bring guns on planes lately and loaded and chambered guns uh, the Transportation Security Administration confiscated a record 96 firearms from carry-on bags in airports around the country recently. Of the guns that were confiscated, 85 were loaded, and 26 had rounds in the chamber. Uh, the last previous record of 89 firearms was found one week in July. What, I mean, seriously.
1: Why do you need it? And uh, why, why do you? Need, plane. Why do you need it in a checked bag? It's not going to do you much good there.
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe you're flying somewhere. Let's say you're going on safari, but if you get caught doing this, the fine is eleven thousand dollars. Guns are only allowed, like you said, in checked bags uh, if they're unlocked, hard-sided containers, and of course, unloaded, unloaded. But fear not, TSA said these all-too-frequent occurrences usually happen from passengers that had no ill intent. That doesn't mean these well-meaning travelers don't end up with a citation or even an arrest. And TSA said that just because they find a prohibited item on an individual doesn't mean they had bad intentions. That's for law enforcement to decide.
1: Yeah, like if it's an elephant gun, clearly they were going on safari. <laughs>
0: What do you, is it's the Goofy movie or something? (laughs) Remember that elephant gun with the big, the the, (laughs) the end was like, I don't know, a whole big foot round? Uh, You know, they say in many cases, people just forgot they had the items on them. Come on, really? Honestly, you forgot? So I guess you should be somewhat leery of the guy waiting at the security line next to you because she might be packing heat and it could be loaded, ready to go. Just watch out. You never know. I mean, so when you hear them saying, uh, well, are you sure your water is, uh, is that a water bottle, sir? You can't bring the water bottle. No water bottles. Maybe they should be saying, anybody
1: got a loaded gun on them? Anyone loaded? Guns. How many, how many loaded guns do you think they aren't finding? Well, I don't know. But I would hope all of them.
0: <laughs> you would hope? I would hope all of them. The, the TSA, by the way, uh, so I have that Instagram page. About the only one I think I follow is uh, the TSA. They have a pretty good Instagram page. And you could even send them a message via Twitter if you have a question about what you could or could not bring on the airplane. And they're really good at responding, uh, not only there, but also on their
1: Instagram page. So
0: If you have a question, they, they, somebody uh, tweeted them a picture recently
1: of their jarts, their lawn darts. Lawn darts, okay. I thought you meant jorts. As in jean shorts. <laughs> and no. no. You can't bring either. <laughs> Don't bring Not those the jarts either. or the jorts. Either one. One of the stories we covered this
0: past week is when our transit agency, it's called RTD, they tested out this driverless shuttle in the parking lot over at Pepsi Center. On air, we made it sound like this is the greatest thing ever, and RTD was inviting people to come out and have a ride on this thing. All right, because you know me, I'm a bit more pessimistic about the about this thing, as you could imagine. So I said, I have better things to do with my time. I said this on air. I have better things to do with my time than ride in a driverless shuttle in a parking lot at 12 miles an hour. I got some jeers and cheers there in the studio. We have a driverless train at the airport. I've been on it a hundred times. I it's not new technology for me. I've I've been in driverless vehicles in my life. They're neat. I'll be impressed when I see this thing, driverless, driving in downtown Denver by itself or cruising down the interstate by itself. But probably not until then.
1: It's hideous, too. It looks like a Lego with sunglasses.
0: Yeah, it's really silly. So as a follow-up to that story, Easy Mile, it's a, the, the French maker of that, that thing and other driverless shuttles, will open its U.S. headquarters this fall over at the Panasonic campus that's right over near Denver International Airport. Yay! Isn't that a coincidence? Yay! How convenient!
1: All about the money. All about the money. The company, which teamed up with RTD
0: to demonstrate its autonomous EZ-10 shuttles in Denver last week, is awaiting their uh, renovation of a 6,000 square foot office and warehouse space. They want it to be completed, and I... I, You know what? I actually don't remember any of this in the original press release. Hmm. How convenient that they left all that information out of the original press release when they were driving this thing at 12 miles an hour in the Pepsi Center parking lot. Well, yeah,
1: I can't ride around a warehouse in near the Denver International Airport. There's no, there's no public good in that, but I can go in circles in a driverless shuttle in the Pepsi Center parking lot.
0: Quote, there are only two employees in North America now, but we do have significant growth plans for the next two years, said Lauren Isaac with Easy Mile. Our team will be focused on everything from sales and government regulations to technical deployments and vehicle maintenance," Isaac said. "The new office can easily fit 20 people. The company employs 90 people worldwide. Easy Mile will be in the same building. If you're not familiar with that, that houses this Panasonic Enterprise Solution Technology Center out there near the airport. It's, they have a RT or one of the light rail stops right there too. They have a lot of land out there. Panasonic is got this effort to turn that entire area right there. They have all this land, and they want to make it this quote-unquote smart city. It's an experiment where they're using solar power and renewable energy, and they have this autonomous little vehicle that travels around. They want to basically build their own private little town and then test all this stuff out as if it was the real world, which it really isn't. The company has previously said that it expects easy-mile shuttles to provide transportation to and from the nearby rail stop, an office area, and future residential communities. Let me make a bold prediction here and now, Joseph. Big and bold. That's what we're about. I predict there will be a future agreement with RTD and this company to provide driverless shuttles on our downtown 16th Street Mall. Right now, if you're not familiar, the one of the gems of Denver, downtown Denver, is 16th Street, and there's no, nope, you can't drive there. There's only pedestrians, and then they have this free mall shuttle that drives up and down the... So you can just jump on and jump off, and it's all businesses and restaurants and shops and that sort of thing. And so I think within a couple of years, this is going to happen. It's going to be driverless shuttle. So all you current free mall shuttle drivers out there, you better start looking for a new job. Because RTD, in my opinion, I think, is looking to put you out of a job.
1: There you go. I want to hate this idea because there's too many pedestrians on the 16th Street Mall and too many pedicabbers and too many idiots on bicycles and generally just too many people on that mall, in my mind, for a driverless car to be safe. But why not?
0: Well, well, I guess we're going to try it out in a real world situation with real life pedestrians. So there you go. That is your Driving You Crazy podcast big and bold prediction of the week. Yeah.
1: We need a stinger for that,
0: man. You know what, it sounds a lot like those guys on those betting, have you ever heard those betting shows on the weekends? Because I'll flip I... around on my, on my radio at night, is, is the one, you know, call now and you'll get my big three locks of the week. Those shows they are they're actually very entertaining. You know what, if they already knew who was going to win these games, then why are they telling us? If they already why why do they keep it why don't they keep that a secret and go make their thousand dollar or five or ten thousand dollar bet why do they need my oh I know why they need my money to make up the losses from their previous gambling losses.
1: I bet the house on Mayweather. He <laughs> did you for the record. I was so disappointed in that fight. I mean, it was hard not to be right. It was very disappointing. I mean, he was punching him in the he- the top of the head. Well, and this is this is the best point that I heard. There was no punching power there. It's not like anybody was scoring a knockout because they're both like five pounds each. So, yeah. and I was very disappointed in how gassed
0: that McGregor got. He was wiped out like within the second or third round. That's why he kept predicting that he was going to knock out Mayweather in the fourth round because he wasn't going to make it past the fourth exactly. round physically. Mm-hmm. He was. What was he doing riding his bike? Was he just showing video of him riding his bike for ten seconds and then? i mean all, honestly, all,
1: all sprints training no endurance man it'll get you
0: that's that's what boxing really is it's more of an endurance sport and you have to be able to go for an hour mm-hmm. it's crazy well anyway speaking of driverless cars when you're driving and you see a road sign let's say a simple stop sign that has a sticker on it maybe it has some graffiti on it you could probably think it you know you, all right You're going to come up to there, and you're going to go, you know, that's annoying, and and why would somebody do that? But you keep on on driving, but you know what that sign actually is and and what it's telling you to do. That's the difference between humans and self-driving cars. Because engineers are trying to now to figure out a way to get self-driving car technology to not get confused when trying to read a sign that's been vandalized with either a sticker or either graffiti. Car makers have been investigating ways to protect autonomous cars against online hackers getting into the computer system, right? But more conventional attacks could confuse the vehicles into misreading road signs that would appear normal to human drivers. All you have to do is put a sticker or a poster on part or or, or even the whole sign, and you could trick the smart car into ignoring a stop sign or another road sign, and obviously that would pose an extreme driving hazard if you have these autonomous vehicles going right through stop signs. That, I mean, that's an easy way to do it. Researchers at the University of Washington looked at how hackers who gained access to the visual recognition software within the vehicle could create simple alterations to road signs that would then cause the car to misread them. The researchers said changes that trick learning algorithms, such as those used in driverless cars, can then cause them to misbehave in unexpected and potentially dangerous ways. I mean Crash. Into other people or pedestrians. Misbehave by crashing. And killing somebody. Wait till one of these things kills somebody. Then it's going to be, that's, that's when the wheels will fall off this whole deal. In one example, graffiti stickers were added to a stop sign. And, and, the, and the stickers read, love, hate. And that caused the car to misread the sign. And, it's, and it thought it was then a speed limit sign reading 45 miles an hour. In another trick, the researchers printed out a right-hand turn sign that almost looked identical to a legitimate one, but sub- but the little subtle co- color change caused the sign to be misinterpreted as a stop sign. So you could trick these cars into doing what you want them to do.
1: I, I mean, if you could trick a car into thinking a stop sign is a speed limit 65 sign, then it seems pretty dangerous the team said they hoped the research could help build better defensive systems into
0: autonomous vehicles. The danger of such an attack could see cars driving straight through intersections or coming to a dead stop in the middle of the road. Some current cars are already equipped with read and detect signs like Tesla's autopilot feature. They, uh, you know, the vehicles there aren't programmed to react to the signs yet, but they, at least they can read them. Uh, Threats to self-driving cars that would normally not affect human drivers have proved tricky for researchers to counter. So, Engineers over at Volvo, they've been trying for a couple of years to teach their cars to avoid kangaroo collisions, while a team at Waymo was forced to develop a pair of tiny windscreen wipers to clean bird poop that masks the, the car's camera systems. Nature's going to get in the way of autonomous technology any way it can.
1: So kangaroo collision, that's not traffic jargon. That's no. That's literally a collision with a kangaroo. Or a wallaby. Or other marsupials
0: and i wonder how it would do in in, in a flooding situation like what we're having down in houston because all these roads they're not marked as it's closed from this point and that point and with floods it changes it ebbs and flows right so while it might be able to be passable right at this moment or you know when for the most part when water is at the curb or it could be a lot deeper so as a human, we can, we can just we can look at it and say, all right, well, I think we can make it through here. And there's other times you look and you go, all right, that's, that's a bad idea. Well, can the autonomous cars do that too? I mean, how would an autonomous fleet of cars deal with a natural disaster like we're seeing in Houston?
1: Um, I mean, they, they're going to get there eventually. That's all a matter of just AI and how quickly can the programming language really be changed. It, it's fascinating stuff. Don't get me wrong. I, I, th- I think we're going to get there a lot sooner than people realize. A lot sooner than people realize
0: it'll be interesting to see and when those robots do take over joseph there'll be no place it'll be safe from them not even in the car wash hackers revealed how ridiculously easy it is to turn a mild meaning fully automated car wash into a violent attacking monster after they remotely hijacked the system pdq laser washers you, you've seen them. You're, they're at most of the gas stations, they're, those touchless automatic car wash machines. They're common all over the country. The machines can be programmed when to open the and, and close for the day, stay open 24 hours. Driver, use that little code that you get on your receipt. And then you can pick the car wash type with a little touch screen when you drive into the thing. Now, the problem is that technicians can monitor their car washes over the Internet. That's how the hackers can get in. Cybersecurity researchers say that a hacker can easily break into the system by guessing passwords that allow them access, and then they can take over. And from there, particularly violent hackers have a smorgasbord ways to kill you And, and while you're in your car in the car wash. Go on. The car wash's software tracks where the car wash cycle is in the cycle, making it easy to know when the wash is about to end and when a vehicle could be exiting, Right. An attacker could send an instantaneous command to close one or both of the doors to trap the vehicle inside or open one door repeatedly to strike the vehicle a number of times as the driver is trying to flee. And they could also manipulate the mechanical arm there of the washing machine to hit the vehicle or spew water continuously, making it difficult for the trapped occupant to get out of the car. Let's say that breaks the window and starts spraying nonstop water and soap and foam inside your car. They didn't try this during their live tests, however, to avoid damaging, you know, the mechanical arm of the actual
1: thing. But it's possible. This is a horror movie. Yes, this is literally a treatment for a horror movie. You drive into a car wash, the arm starts beating you over the head, and then you you try to drive off, and the oh my god, I love every minute of this.
0: Normally, a software based safety mechanism would prevent the arm from actually hitting the vehicle, but the hackers were able to disable it. And the lead researcher in this thing said, "We believe this is to be the first exploit." Of a connected de- device that causes the, de- the device to physically attack someone, with automation taking over our factory jobs, driving, uh, driving, and, and our food services. I-, I wouldn't have guessed that car washes could be the first to, to really put me in danger with autonomous, uh, you know, robots. But I guess it could be. So let me be the first one, right here and now, to warn you, the listening public. To to st- stay skeptical of the robot car washes and be aware that it might be trying to kill you.
1: And when you see the multi million dollar movie about the robot car wash that kills people in the middle of Tempe, Arizona, you know who wrote it.
0: That that yes, that exactly right. Could you imagine that having a having a camera in there and having somebody try to get out of their car and run around this thing while it's while it's trying
1: to kill? It? I mean, did they tape their tests? <laughs> I, that's what I'm curious about. I feel like there's. I feel like this is proof that there's not enough hackers out there because if there were more hackers out there, we'd all be screwed.
0: Oh, yeah, no, exactly. Oh, yeah, in a big way. Anyway, well. All right, coming up, there's a heartwarming story I have of this 10 year old boy who gets to really fulfill his dream of being a pilot. However, it costs a couple of other pilots everything they have. That story and much, much more as the Driving You Crazy podcast continues.
1: You're listening to Driving You Crazy with your host, Jason Luber. We just have a lot of content, a lot of stuff to offer to the viewers in the morning. I think my favorite part would be weather. I mean, I'm a, I am ai love weather as it is, um, but I just think the weather, you know, is probably going to be my favorite part, what's going to be like. And, of course, you know, when we go out there and uh, gather our interviews and stuff, I always watch the weather to see if I need to bring rain gear, snow gear, what have you. Mike Iliopoulos, only on Denver 7. The Driving You Crazy podcast. I am an avid listener of this. Every uh, week, one day a week on my way home, this is the first thing I put on. This is why I love the Driving You Crazy podcast. You have Jason Luber, who gets so angry about minor things sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, But he brings a a real attention to some of these things that the rest of us may not notice on the roads. And he finds uh, crazy stories uh, from all over the world about how they handle their traffic problems. So it's always fascinating to listen to Jason and Joseph talk traffic on the Driving You Crazy podcast. Love it. Love it one of my top favorite podcasts and i listen to a lot of them nicole brady only on denver 7 if you just stare into the water yeah i guess you'll never drown and if you're scared to die and i guess just back out now but when the tide- Welcome back
0: to the best and only podcast of its kind. The Driving You Crazy podcast now hosted on Podbean. Yes, Podbean. Uh, why the change you asked from SoundCloud to Podbean? Well, I fear the SoundCloud is going to be shutting down soon and I want to be not with a podcast host that's shutting down. Uh, that makes perfect sense, right? And Podbean is a little less expensive as a bonus, but I guess that doesn't matter because I'm paying with the station's money. So what do I care? Send in the catering truck. Where's our Where's our buffet,
1: man? Cater the show one time.
0: <laughs> Come on, we have the company credit card. Let's spend some money, right? Just put it on the card, just like Unfletch. Uh, put
1: it on the Underhill bill. I've never seen that movie.
0: Oh goodness gracious! Seriously,
1: we do this bit every episode. You man. Haven't we knew s- the answer to that. Fletch, <laughs> Chevy
0: nope. Chase.
1: Nope, barely know who Chevy Chase is. Oh
0: my goodness. I am walking out of this place right now. This is unbelievable. I can't believe I'm doing this right now. Thought it was Chevy All right, Chase. this is going to be a uh, a call out right now for a new host who knows movies. That or you got to go out and watch movies. Seriously.
1: Good thing my wife is calling me now. <laughs> you people in your phone calls, man. My wife just texts me. Those are a lot easier to ignore. <laughs> I did hear that Chance the Rapper, though,
0: might save SoundCloud, but just this week there were some outages reported by some users, and I have a bad feeling that it's going to be going away. I don't know for sure. Somebody might come in and save the day, but I I don't, look, I don't plan on going away. I, I know this. I don't want this podcast to go away, so that's why we're now on the Podbean, and I've been listening to, I've been using Podbean for a while, so I like Podbean. All of our loyal SoundCloud listeners. I think you could probably still, I'm just going to put them all, I maybe SoundCloud, you could still hear it there, I don't know, maybe I'll send the RSS feed that way, so you can maybe still hear it there, I guess. Uh, um, be- but really, listen to us on iTunes. Well, yeah, if- look, we'll still be there on Stitcher, that's not going away, because it's owned by Scripps, our company. iTunes is not going away because, well, Apple. Google Play's not going away because, well, Google. Online's not going away because it's, well, the internet. Where else can you hear us?
1: Tin tin can and a string. That, that, those are the only three I was aware of. So. Other apps, I'm sure, I can't re- I, I don't
0: know right now, but
1: if you haven't already left us a review on iTunes, yeah. please go do that. You can give us 5 stars if you want to. You can give us 4 stars if you want to. If you're going to give us 1 star, just don't. Like don't waste <laughs> your time. But really, we we would really appreciate it. We might even cut you some catering with yes, the station credit card.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah, let Holly pay for it. In what was supposed to be a heartwarming story about a 10-year-old orphan boy fulfilling his dreams, an Algerian news channel short film resulted in two pilots getting suspended for letting the
1: youngster manipulate controls during a commercial flight. I don't even need to hear the rest of the story. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need a 10-year-old flying my plane.
0: It wasn't a problem The kid who wants to be an airline pilot when he gets older. He got to dress the part. He got to hang out in the cockpit and play around with the buttons while the plane was stationary. But the problem came after the charity that put the whole thing together allowed the pilots to have the untrained kid manipulate controls while the airplane was en route from Algiers International Airport to a nearby regional airport. And yes, it was full of people. Yes, people. As great as it prob- probably was for the kid, a novice at the controls of an enormous machine carrying multiple souls thousands of feet above the ground, it's a violation of aviation regulations, If, and I think you could probably understand why. As a result of the otherwise cute video, Algeria's National airline suspended the two pilots. One of the pilots seemed obvious to the dangers of letting the kid work the controls, complimenting the boy for being very disciplined, calm, and attentive, and going on to say, I'm sure he'll make a good pilot.
1: Well, folks, if you were wondering if most planes were flown on autopilot before, now you know the answer. Like, literally anybody (laughs) can go into the control room and watch a plane (laughs) fly itself.
0: Though we don't know the true extent to which the child was really able to control the airplane. It's worth noting that back in 1994, all 75 people aboard Aeroflot Flight 593 died when the pilot allowed his 16-year-old son into the cockpit, and he accidentally pressed a pedal And sent the aircraft into a chaotic spin.
1: Is that a real story?
0: Yes. Wow. So kids in the cockpit, folks, behind the controls, it's probably not a good idea, no matter if it's a -a make-a-wish, if it's a foster kid, if it's a whatever. Just let them look and not touch. That, your, friend, your friendly neighborhood reminder from the Driving You Crazy podcast. All you
1: pilots listening out there. When I say the name Dyson, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, legendary boxer Mike Dyson.
0: Most people, who aren't a total A, say the vacuum. The vacuum. <laughs> Sorry. Wrong. The vacuum. Now, Dyson might be getting into the electric car business. That's why I mention this, because there has been a string of recent executive level appointments that's leading some people to think th- that this is happening, including a couple of people that are just hi- hired uh, by Dyson away from Austin Martin. Dyson has also been hiring specialists in autonomous systems and machine learning. A couple of years ago, Dyson purchased a solid state battery company for around $147 million and has pledged to spend around $1.6 billion on battery related research and development, that's a lot of vacuums. no
1: kidding did now are they the makers of the uh, Roomba, or is that a different company
0: i uh, I think that's Mr. and Mrs. Roomba.
1: Well, you would think that the Roomba people <laughs> jacket you would think that <laughs> you would think that the Roomba people would be the ones you, getting into you the would. electric that, car that, company. Is that
0: no you you got a point there. you definitely have a point there now, according to this place called Autocar. Last year, the U.K. government published a document confirming that it was funding Dyson to develop a new battery electric vehicle at their headquarters. And this investment was touted as creating over 500 jobs, mostly in engineering. The document was later amended to read that the government is providing a grant of up to 16 million pounds, which is about $26 million, to Dyson to support research and development for battery technology. Needless to say, Dyson's recruitment of high-level talent from outside its industry doesn't necessarily indicate it's planning to do anything in the automotive sector, but it sure leads people to think that way. And even if Dyson is actively pursuing electronic or uh, autonomous vehicle technology, it may end up in a similar spot to Apple or Google, where the end game is really not to develop its own car, but to be maybe a force in supplying some technology or equipment required for self-driving vehicles, or maybe they're going to come up with their own
1: electric Roomba. Maybe we'll get into the street sweeper business. They you could
0: see you never. <laughs> that's that's brilliant. They could get into the automated electric street sweeping business. You uh, no,
1: real quick though, that does seem like a natural place for autonomous vehicles to take over, right? Yes,
0: yes, it does. You're exactly right. Just go, just
1: wander the streets,
0: parking lots, sweeping up stuff. Beautiful. It is beautiful. Now, this isn't optimal, Joseph, but sometimes when you're taking a trip, you must have a layover at another airport, right? For me, direct flights are better, but when you have to stop somewhere, there's some airports that are better to stay than others. For example, flying to Savannah one time, my wife and I had to stop in Atlanta, and we had a three-hour layover, so I immediately took her hand, and we headed out of the terminal to on the MARTA system there. It's their commuter rail system, and we took the train to downtown Atlanta so I could show her the glory that is the varsity. It's, it's a restaurant in downtown Atlanta right across from Georgia Tech. That's a
1: gutsy move with a three-hour layover. The varsity is worth it. Oh, no,
0: it is worth it. It's I mean, it's it's an institution in downtown Atlanta. Uh, you just have to go there to experience the glory of a glorified burger, onion rings, and a frosted orange. Those onion rings are to die for. I preach on, man. Whew. Anyway, I saw, yeah, so then we, we went there, ate, got on the Marta, went right back to the uh, airport, and bingo, made our connection.
1: Bolt Three-hour layover is not enough time, in my mind, to exit the terminal. I think you need to have at least five if you're going to make a terminal exit.
0: Well, we, we we made it and made it in, the, in plenty of time, Respect. I think. I saw on Lifehacker, though, where they list the airports that are better for layovers than others, both in terms of lowering your airfare co- cost and adding to your overall comfort and convenience. And what airport should simply be avoided altogether, if possible, when this person had a couple hours to kill at a Honolulu airport, for example, she was able to relax in their tropical garden rather than a crowded waiting area or a forgettable airport bar. Granted, not every trip you book will give you multiple layover options, and it may not be worth your spending the energy on planning and research if the layover is, like you say, under three hours, but if you have a choice... Here's what you should think about when you consider booking a flight that includes a layover. Before diving into what makes an airport ideal for a layover, consider standard factors first, like airport cost. Obviously, you'll see this when you're searching for flights. Weather patterns for each airport, for example, like flying through the northeast in the winter can leave you with a lengthy weather delay if, if you were stuck there at those airports. If you have several options after thinking through that, then you can dig into which airport maybe is going to give you the best layover experience. Like sometimes if the flight cost is about the same, then pick a slightly more expensive airport. It might be worth it if it offers better layover experiences. Sure, sitting in an airport bar can be a fine way to pass the hours, and that's what most people do. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but that's not uh, if, you, if it's not how you want to spend your layover, you should see what other options the airport offers. Like some possibilities to start with include cultural displays. We have a lot of cultural displays over at our Denver International Airport. Or you can follow the conspiracy theory. Uh, displays that you could all read all about that on the internet over the Denver International. So some places have art or historic displays spread out through their airport. You can tour those. You can learn about local artists, history, history or culture. DIA really does a nice job of all that stuff. And and you can also look for the uh, hidden Illuminati symbols around the airport. Yes, you can. Uh, You can get some exercise There may be a gym, a yoga room or other spot that you can get your blood pumping before you're stuck sitting on a plane again. This is actually becoming more and more common. You could also just make an airport your track since most are pretty long and you can just keep walking forever and ever and ever. It's better than a treadmill.
1: This is actually how I spend my layovers is by doing as many laps around the airport as possible, usually trying to find the best restaurant within the airport. However, I always wind up at Chick-fil-A. Some, some except airports, on sundays
0: yes except on sundays uh did you hear about that at the at the new atlanta stadium
1: i did and i just want to point out a they could make the playoffs and have a saturday wild card game and b they're also going to use that stadium for soccer which is traditionally played on saturdays just saying <laughs> just clearing that
0: up so some airports have great outdoor spaces. Uh, they have lovely spaces where you can enjoy being surrounded by plants and small creatures rather than a stale airport air. Condi Nast Traveler has a really good list of outdoor lounge areas. And Cheap Flights shares a list of airports with refreshing outdoor spots as well if you want to check those out. Uh, great food. There's a lot of places with some really good food. There's a lot of new food choices over at our airport. And some airports have some well-known restaurants which you can give a try without having to go through security. Food and Wine has an extensive list of tasty places to chow down. There's Elway's over there at DIA. Uh, there's the Tamale place out there, the, um, La Casita.
1: Uh, you know, Nashville gets a lot of love on this podcast, and part of the reason is because of how nice their airport entertainment is. And one of the reasons is because they have a lot of local bars in there that have live music. If you're going to yeah. have a layover at 6, 7 o'clock at night, you can catch a little twang. Uh, venture outside
0: if your layover is long enough like I have done you might consider a city tour and to the uh, head outside the airport soak in the sights. I like to do this, but it makes my wife very nervous sometimes if if it is less than three hours if we we, we might not make our flight, she would get really nervous but i I, I like to do that.
1: <laughs> you must be an adrenaline junkie, man. That's a oh. dangerous to me.
0: <laughs> Activities for kids. If you're traveling with your kids, some airports are more friendly than others. You might find ones that have playgrounds or other spots to keep your kids entertained. Most of the times I see the kids just turning things in the airport into toys or makeshift jungle gyms. There was a – I can't think of the airport right now that had a little playground right there in the middle of the – between the gates – And the kids were just enjoying themselves. It was uh, a a lot of fun for them.
1: Uh, The Manchester International Airport in New Hampshire has a very limited arcade, but they do have an arcade with about nine machines in it, and you can race California speed against your best buddy.
0: Oh, that's fun. See? Right there. Uh, Besides having a couple of ways to pass the time, you want to be comfortable during your layover, right? So you decide a couple of things related to comfort, which ones are most important to you, so that you can see if an airport will fulfill them. A few examples like lounge access. Many credit cards get you into these lounges where you can get the food or drinks or maybe a nice place to relax or take a nap. Like a captain's lounge, right? Well, yeah, because my, my American Express, I can get into some of these lounges. Um, they have their own Centurion lounge, which is pretty cool at some airports. I remember having to walk forever and ever and ever um, at the one in Miami to get to that one,
1: but it was a nice lounge. So we spent a 10 p.m. to six, a, no, 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. layover in Dulles in Washington, and did not have access to a lounge. Too cheap for a hotel room slept in chairs, hung out with the cleaning crew. It was one of the most miserable travel experiences (laughs) of my life. None of the restaurants were open. I don't think they have a lounge area at Dulles, especially not one that's open at one in the morning. So what I would say is if you're going to plan one of these layovers, do it during daytime hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I remembered recently when I had to sleep in the uh, Orlando airport And and they were blasting their classical music. And then at the top and bottom of each hour on, on, on their PA system, the current local time. Is two thirty. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Appreciate that. Just, was, it wasn't Mickey's voice. Uh, it would have been much more fun and entertaining. Just a rotating cast of Disney characters. <laughs> yes, that would have been much better. Also, look for maybe Wi-Fi connectivity because workstations and those power a- outlets. You see everybody going for the power outlets, and some st- some of the airports now have really good stations where you can plug in and power up and watch your stuff.
1: Well, and there's now at DIA. I don't know if you've been there recently, but they now have the outlets in between chairs. In some of the stations. So, I mean, we're talking about, you know, 50 outlets in one specific waiting area. But then you have everybody
0: crammed into that one specific area, and that's that's no fun either. Uh, One other suggestion is that you should keep notes for future trips. And even if you jot down a quick, let's say, one to five rating so you quickly know whether you should spend a layover in that airport once again. I mean, but I like if I was going to do it again— have any kind of layovers i try to set up maybe a little bit extra time so i could venture outside the airport do my stuff and then go enjoy the city and then come back especially if the cities i've never been to
1: well especially if you're not dragging your kids around right
0: yes exactly that makes it a little bit more difficult then that's why when we first started flying with our kids we thought all right maybe a layover would be a good option it gives the kids a break they can get them out walk them around nope bad idea nope direct flights are always the best. Just plow through. Give them a couple of movies, plow through, get to wherever you're going.
1: And the same can be said as your parents get older too, folks. If you're got, if you traveling with parents in their 60s or 70s, that direct flight is going to be crucial because the more they're stopping, the crankier they're going to be when they finally touch down. And what I would always
0: do is we would bring I would bring like a extra peanut butter jelly sandwiches or some other snacks that they like, specifically they like. You just get a couple of Ziploc bags and your crank because you can get those through security. They, they don't have a problem with food taking food. And I always Always take empty water bottles with me because they don't. They have a problem with the bottle when it's full, not when it's empty. So you can take that with you through security, and then you fill it up at your nearest water bottle, whatever. And then you can, and th- there you go. Or sometimes you bring those little drink mix packets, and then you can make their drink on the other side of security.
1: I like that. I like that. So
0: there are a lot of these little parent hacks that I've I've figured out over the years.
1: Still haven't snuck Jack Daniels through to feed to him though.
0: No, not not to feed to them. To feed to me. <laughs> There's one time going to Vegas. I had a whole one of those quart right. It it was one of the quart bags. The whole thing was filled with those bottles. The whole thing. thing. And I said, "They they go, yeah. That's not a problem. It's in the right bag, and you got it. Here we go." And that was enough. Almost, I I swear. This was. It probably ended up being about 550 milliliters worth of stuff.
1: Very well done.
0: Almost a whole fifth of uh, a bottle there. And so how is that not a hazard, seriously? If I wanted to do something to the – why couldn't you uh, get flammable liquid? I could have brought, you know, pure Everclear, right, in those, in those bottles, and then poured them in, and then there you go. You have a flammable liquid.
1: Or a great way to get drunk. Either way. Take your pick. Either way. Either way.
0: All right. Well, that ends, I guess, this another lovely edition of the Driving You Crazy podcast. Officially now moved over to the Podbean. So I think you still listen. Let us know if you can't listen on the uh, SoundCloud or, right. or what happens to SoundCloud. I, I, we don't know.
1: And if you're not listening on SoundCloud. Listen on iTunes. Go to iTunes.
0: And then put down a, a friendly, a nice, a nice comment and rating for us. Mm-hmm. There's a couple on there already. There's a couple. And I, I'm not going to say one of them is my brother-in-law, but I, I, one, of them, one of them is my brother-in-law
1: good work jason's bil keep it up
0: hey at least it's a rating
1: apple doesn't know
0: who it is i do (laughs) but hey it works all right thanks again for being here on this edition of the podcast until next time i'm jason luber the traffic guy i'm pedestrian advocate joseph peters be safe and as always happy motoring